This episode of Hitting Play is brought to you without commercial interruption by Professor Champion's Boiled Peanuts. Dad, why did Mommy move to Las Vegas with that lion tamer? Yeah! Guys, just eat your Professor Champion's Boiled Peanuts. And l- let me think for a minute, alright? Professor Champion's Boiled Peanuts. They're great for a moment of quiet thought. Yum! Hello and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, your co-host and moderator for this episode, and joining me is a special guest from the movie riffing group One Wall Cinema, who can currently be found on rifftracks.com, K1, aka Kevin. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks. Glad to be back. Glad to have you. Thanks for coming on. Well, this week we watched Flight of the Concords, a highly underrated show. It's a musical comedy starring Brett McKenzie and Jermaine Clement, who describe themselves as New Zealand's fourth most popular guitar-based digibongo acapella rap funk comedy folk duo. They play fictionalized versions of themselves trying to make it in New York City. <laughs> and the episode we watched was the third episode of season one, entitled Mugged, it was written by Brett McKenzie, Jermaine Clement, and James Bobbin, and was directed by James Bobbin, and it originally aired on HBO on July 1st, 2007. Hard to believe it was that long ago. I know. I think of this as just like a recent show. Yeah, and it's funny. It, I'm trying to think. They broke up or whatever, decided to go on their separate ways, and I think they're back doing stuff again now. Yeah, I was listening to, what was it, Comedy Bang Bang? Uh, this week, Jermaine was talking about how they had written a Flight of the Concords movie or had begun the process. Really? Yeah, and while well, he promised nothing, yeah, it was just kind of interesting to see that, uh, you know, maybe maybe there's something in the future. I would definitely be all right with that. Yes. If movies like Wet Hot American Summer can come back all these years later, you see this revival because of the streaming option, and it's a little cheaper now to produce this kind of stuff, I mean... Why not? Yeah. I mean, I I think this show didn't quite get the audience it deserved. It it only aired for 22 episodes on HBO uh, from June 17th, 2007 to March 22nd, 2009. There was kind of a year off in between the two seasons, and I really haven't seen it in syndication anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I I understand the need for having to take a year off in between just because, you know, on top of doing the actual you know, storyline going through it, they also have to do all these songs in it as well. And, yeah. you know, and having been in a band, I know how long that can take. <laughs> <laughs> now, just to give you some background on these guys, uh, Brent and Jermaine first met at the drama department of Victoria University in Wellington, New Zealand in the mid-90s. And I guess Brent was studying classics and music, and Jermaine was studying theater and film, and they were actually in a five-man comedy troupe called So You're a Man. And this was like a parody of like those 50s educational films about like hygiene and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, oh, there was somebody else that was in that, that group. Um, drawing a blank on the name. Is it Taika Watiti? Yes. He, he also was in a group called the Humor Beasts with Jermaine. They were a music comedy duo they they performed a stage show about the maori legends of maui they both share a maori heritage and so it was kind of like a take on those uh 
stories of that culture. And the two won the Billy T Award, which I guess is New Zealand's highest comedic honor. So they had some uh, some success in New Zealand, and and Taika actually went on to write for Flight of the Concords, and they still actually collaborate with him. I think him and Jermaine had a movie not too long ago. Yeah, was it, that was the something in the shadows or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of the title. <laughs> Just Google Taika and Shadows, you should find it. <laughs> Now, around this time, too, Jermaine also formed this duo, Flight of the Concords, with Brett. And they toured and they did various festivals. And as early as 2002, I didn't realize this, they actually released a live album of their set. In 2005, they created a six-part radio series for BBC Radio 2 in the UK. And that was entitled Flight of the Concords. And that was more or less a mockumentary about uh, Brett and Jermaine as a two-man band trying to make it in London. Now, yeah. had you you listened to this, Kevin? Yes, I did. Um, it was one of those uh, when their HBO special came out. You know, I just kind of was like, I I gotta find out more about this band, and you know, digging around, and I actually came across a copy of uh, the BBC radio show at uh, where was it? Some like underground record store in in Boston somewhere had a copy, so I grabbed it. Oh, cool! And uh, it, it's. You do run into uh, a bunch of the songs from the series uh, made an appearance on there. So, Yeah, it was definitely a precursor to the TV series. Mm-hmm. And uh, it even featured Reese Darby as the band's manager. Although here his character's name is Brian Nesbitt, not uh, Murray Hewitt, right. as we come to know him on the show. So they also had some stand-up specials, as you mentioned. They had like an HBO half hour, I think. Yep. Yeah, so after they did the uh, the HBO special, they also did a uh, documentary uh, at South by Southwest uh, called A Texan Odyssey. Um, I guess that aired out in New Zealand in like 2006 or something like that. So then in 2007, they had their debut of their HBO series, and it was definitely a critical success. It was nominated for 10 Emmys, including Outstanding Comedy Series and Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series for Jermaine Clement. And that was uh, both in 2009. And during this time, they also released some albums. There was the EP entitled The Distant Future in 2007. <laughs> and they had two studio albums. There was the self-titled Flight of the Concords in 2008. And I Told You I Was Freaky in 2009. <laughs> and both of those feature songs from the show. And these songs were part of their comedic sets. And then they also wrote a lot of episodes around these songs. These were definitely before the show. And then they actually combined, I think, the two albums into like a complete collection. I'm, did that ever get released? I'm not sure. It's on iTunes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just more or less a compilation of the two with some live tracks. Oh, okay. So I know like as far as uh, like on CD, they were talking about putting that out and it just kind of kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and that, it, I don't know. I, I just forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so what was your experience with this show? How did you get into this show? How did you find it? Um, well, uh, I, I'm trying to think. I saw their uh, HBO One Night Stand special, and uh, it, like I said, just kind of started digging around the internet and finding out as much as I could about them and then tracking down the BBC series. And I don't remember exactly how um, I found out that they were coming out with a special Um or not special, I'm sorry, uh, the TV series. I remember finding out about it and, you know, making sure that, that, you know, we could actually watch it, uh, making sure that we actually had HBO at the time uh, so that I I could record it. Um, (laughs) 
yeah, pretty much I watched every episode and um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just happened to have a free preview of HBO for like a month or something around this time in 2007. So I just kind of happened to come across the show and was like, wow, this is really funny. Yeah. And then I, I, I did what you did and kind of looked back and see what they, what else they had done. Yep. Um, I was kind of backwards. I didn't really catch that they had a radio series or the, the ha- you know, the HBO half hour until later. So it was kind of yeah. like and got into them backwards. I'm trying to think. I, I, I had also seen them on, uh, they were on uh, Letterman. They've been on Conan. But I think I think that was after after the show had started. Okay. Now, if you'd like to follow along and watch this for yourself, it's available on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and I believe it's on the HBO Now app right now. Yep, and uh, it's it's available on uh, Comcast on demand as well. Oh, okay. It, that's if you have the HBO yep. subscription. Yes. And I think HBO Now is still offering that free trial. So I think that at least through iTunes, you can you can get it for free for a month. You just have to uh, opt out before the free trial ends. Yep. So that might be something listeners would want to check out. And I'm not sure about Hulu. It might be on Hulu as well. Look around. It's everywhere. Yeah. All right. So let's get right into this episode. So we start in Brett and Jermaine's apartment, and we see Brett is getting a phone call from home. And we kind of gather it's his mother. She's worried that it might be a little too dangerous for the two of them in, in New York City by themselves. And she really seems to want Brett to get a gun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This whole phone conversation just cracked me up because, you know, the whole time, you know, he's just, you know, he's on the phone with her and then uh, (laughs) Jermaine's just, you know, telling him, oh, tell her this, tell her (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) He really wants Brett to tell her how many TV stations they have in America. (laughs) And uh, don't they decide uh, more than four? Yeah, more than four. And he mentions about how, you know, he doesn't need to have a gun and how his friend Dave has a paintball gun. But it shoots paint, not real bullets. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The phone call finally ends and then Jermaine asks Brett, who was that? (laughs) That's probably my favorite part of the whole whole phone call. So from this, we cut to the opening sequence of the show. And it's kind of a neat sequence it it features brett and jermaine and they're they're in various places around the city in their apartment and going about their lives and there's a lot of surreal elements that are in the midst of this so you see like the dancing salt and pepper shakers on the table and Mm -hmm. then the killer whale that kind of goes through the glass at the aquarium and we'll see that throughout the show whenever they break into song uh everything changes it's uh definitely surreal elements take place kind of aside from the actual narrative of the story the episode then continues at the office of the New Zealand consulate where the deputy cultural attache and also the flight of the Concords manager, Murray Hewitt, as we mentioned, played by Reese Darby, holds a band meeting. The band meetings are always hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, every single one he has to make sure everyone's there. So they go, <laughs> go through roll call. <laughs> and if they don't say present, he gets gets a little annoyed with them. <laughs> Yes, very very devoted to procedure. And this taking of attendance is a little different because uh, Brett asked Murray if he could refer to him by his new rapping name, <laughs> Rhymnoceros. And Murray's upset because he doesn't have enough room on the sheet for it, so he tries to persuade Brett into using the name Brett as a rapping name. Brett refuses once again, and Murray warns the two of them not to be involved in any drive-bys, which is pretty funny. <laughs> 
Uh, we also learn here that Jermaine also adopted a rap name, which he reveals to Murray here. It's uh, Hip Hop Epotamus, but uh, he kindly allows Murray to refer to him as just Jermaine for this this band meeting. <laughs> So this whole attendance scene takes a while, and once that's all taken care of, Murray gets to the first item on the band agenda, which was making Brett get a haircut. And Brett doesn't want to, and Murray tells him that no professional musician has long hair. <laughs> it's just so, kind, of, yeah, it just kind of shows like how out of touch with you know, <laughs> just kind of everything, everything. he is. <laughs> and uh, it, if you've ever watched uh, At Midnight and it's an episode with uh, Reese Darby, it's basically that same character that he's kind of playing on At Midnight. It's yes. very similar. I love whenever he's on there, he just kind of torpedoes the show. Oh, yeah. He doesn't it's, care. It's absolutely great. I love here when uh, he tells Brett to get a haircut and, and how no musician has long hair, professional musician. And Brett says, Led Zeppelin. He's like, I mean a man. <laughs> Oh, so item two on the agenda is a gig. That's always very important to any band. Uh, they had one, but they would like another one. So that, <laughs> that's the, the issue that uh, they're getting to for this meeting. And Jermaine suggests to Murray that they try to play maybe at night, because that's when most bands play. And Murray immediately says no. He says, that, you know, it's the city's dangerous. much too dangerous, yeah. Murray says it's too dangerous because they could get run over, pickpocketed, fall down a manhole, bump into people, or or murdered. <laughs> <laughs> or even just ridiculed. Yep. Trying to he uh don't they mention something about well we go around walking around at night and haven't had any problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Murray was saying that you know he he finds that hard to believe because he's been ridiculed quite a bit and, and it happens all the time. <laughs> he mentions a name that's usually called out to him when he's walking the streets of New York. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine quickly corrects Murray. He says, no, Brett called you that. <laughs> and Brett says, no, I thought that was his nickname. And so uh, we see that there's, <laughs> there's really... That's a terrible nickname. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's been no danger to Murray and no actual ridicule from anybody else other than these guys. <laughs> and at this point, Murray decides to give them some safety equipment so that, uh, you know, they won't get mugged. You know, like this reflective vest thing <laughs> a map which he he tells them you know make sure if if you get lost you you hold this map up and keep it open at all yeah. times <laughs> uh, and there's also some t-shirts and hats that say new york city yeah picture of the yep. skyline oh yeah it's a, you know basically just making them look like the biggest tourist around which <laughs> obviously will only attract attention so after this scene, we see them ride their bikes home from the office of the consulate. And Brett is actually the only one wearing the reflective safety belt. Jermaine just absolutely refuses. I think he even throws it back in the box. Yeah. And they decide to cut through an alley. And here they encounter two thugs, Mickey and John. Quite the interesting characters. Yep. So they, they, they encounter these guys. Mickey asks for a cigarette. And, you know, of course, they don't smoke. They don't have any. And John tells him, well, if you don't have any cigarettes, then you're going to have to give some money instead. But they explain, yeah, no, they don't have any of that either. And John warns them not to mess with Mickey because he's a psycho killer that he follows that up with. Qu'est-ce que c'est? It's kind of funny uh, talking heads reference in the middle of this altercation. (laughs) And Mickey and John here are played by Luther Creek and Lenny Venito. Yeah, and they've showed up in uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, Trying to think, uh, Lenny was in uh, Knights of Prosperity, which was... uh, 
pretty funny show that was on ABC that got canceled pretty quickly. I'm trying to think, like nine episodes, something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, and that was that was a great show. I mean, it had uh, Donald Logue, Sofia Vergara, you know, Lenny, Maz Gibrani, a um, bunch of other people in it. Sofia Vergara was in that before Modern Family. I think so. Yeah. Oh wow! She okay. was Esperanza in that. <laughs> I didn't realize uh, she was on ABC before that. Yeah. That's funny. So back to this uh, confrontation. Uh, Brett says that he has $15 that he can give him, but the only thing is he's got to go to the bank to get it. Like, these guys really <laughs> completely lost when it comes to situations like this. John's more of the no-nonsense guy. He orders them to empty their pockets, and they have nothing but a camera phone. And uh, how would you describe this camera phone? Uh, basically, it was a <laughs> like a film camera with, like, a cell phone glued to the side of it. <laughs> uh, and th- this show doesn't seem that old to me, but then when you see, like, what a camera and what a phone actually looked like in 2007, you go, oh, okay, yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> camera phones were just kind of a newer thing, and so Brett made this for Jermaine. Basically out of, like you said, it's just a regular <laughs> film camera and a regular cell phone. <laughs> and, and, you know, the... The criminals decide, no, actually, we would kind of like that, even though it's, yeah. you know, just kind of this disaster of a arts and craft project. Yeah, basically ruined both things Yep, by gluing them together. So John also demands their bikes, and Jermaine warns them that Brett knows karate. And then Brett kind of clarifies, well, he does own a book about karate, but he hasn't really gotten around <laughs> to reading it yet. <laughs> so John once again demands the bike. But Jermaine tells him, you know, you don't know who you're dealing with. So then (laughs) when John mockingly asks who they're dealing with, Brett responds with the opening line to the Flight of the Concord song, Hip Hop Apotamus versus Rhymnoceros. It's one of my favorite Flight of the Concord songs. Oh, it's hilarious. Yep. And and this whole scene now just turns into the music video for this song. We see how the direction style changes, the way the cameras are set up changes. Uh, it's completely different, and that's something that always happens in the show when they switch over to one of their songs. Yep, and, and it's shot very much like one of the old, like, Beastie Boys-type videos, you know, with, like, the low camera angles and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, everybody, like, moving towards the camera whenever it's their turn to deliver a line. <laughs> and now that you mentioned that, he's wearing that reflective belt, almost like that uh, yep. intergalactic video. Yeah. That's funny. There's just, there's so many great things in this song obviously we're not going to sing it for you this is something you got to find on your own but uh I, there's some some great lines where he's just like other rappers diss me and then he's like why 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 the <laughs> jermaine's like be more constructive with your feedback please yes. <laughs> and there ain't no party like my nana's tea party <laughs> <laughs> hey ho. ho i'm the mother flippin yeah, and it's funny too, on HBO, uh, they could really go all out with language if they want. Yep. They uh, they use flipping quite a bit, which is, is always, uh, to me, a funnier substitution. Yeah. Uh, just some notes on this song. I, I listened to a couple of different versions to prepare for this episode, and there's uh, some variations, uh, that some things they had to adjust for the show. Uh, for example, I think Jermaine mentions about how, he uh, mentions in, in, in the small, in the small seg- segment I made all the... Uh ladies in the area pregnant yes yeah and so he had to change it to this for the show i believe in one of the comedy festivals or it might have been their half hour he changed uh it to the the ladies in the first two rows yep 
And I think on the BBC, he said, uh, all the lady listeners. Mm. You know, so that's something that, a line that they play around with depending on the situation. There's also a, a, a part of the song that they cut out for this version where Jermaine kind of goes freestyling on his own. Yeah. And he just like uh, kind of comes up with whatever he sees around him while Brett beatboxes. Yeah, and that's, you definitely have to watch some of their stand-up, you know, just to see that part because it's absolutely awesome. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of think as though, oh, I'm just going to hear the same songs over again, but no, it's very much different. Uh, they definitely play around with uh, the different lyrics in the uh, the their, their half-hour special. I think he mentions, but there's a picture of New York, there's a picture of New York, because uh, that's what's <laughs> behind them. When he was on the BBC, he's like, you know, I'm on the BBC, I'm on the BBC. And I think at the World Comedy Festival, his freestyling was, I, I went to the doctor and got a rash. So yeah, this is a, <laughs> some pretty funny stuff. <laughs> There's also a mention, Brett mentions how sometimes his lyrics are obscene, like an R18 scene. That's obviously changed for American audience because yep. that's the uh, New Zealand, Australia rating system for movies. So just a couple of small notes. So as the song winds down, I love when Mickey and Sean, they kind of like turn to each other in, in confusion. Because now we're getting back to reality, <laughs> yep. but not them, <laughs> just Mickey and John. Were you and, dancing a little bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Jermaine just said, no. <laughs> and so there's another great uh, reference here. John tells him, you know, you didn't listen to our demand, so now this is going to happen. And he tells Mickey to, to show him the knife. It looks more like a steak knife, actually. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> to which he, they immediately say, that's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take on the Crocodile Dundee scene where where Mick is a, able to thwart a mugger by, you know, explaining, oh, call that a knife? This is a knife. <laughs> and uh, in this version where Jermaine says, that's not a knife, Brett's like, uh, yeah, that that is a knife. And then Jermaine looks again and he's like, oh, it is a knife. <laughs> 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 they just sprint away. Yeah, this show, it's, there's so many just, like, little things that, like, you can watch it two or three times and, like, still be finding, like, new jokes that you didn't necessarily catch, you know, the first couple times. Yes, yes, and, yeah, it wouldn't appear that something like this would be so joke-dense because it's so subdued and, and uh, you know, but it's just uh, so funny. Yep. So we see now Brett and Jermaine, they're getting chased down alleys and I think through a laundry building and... They reach this dead end in an alley that's blocked with a chain link fence. And, and Brett is kind of uh, smaller and more slender than Jermaine. So he's able to kind of like scale the, the fence easier. And uh, he runs home and he leaves Jermaine behind, who's kind of stuck up on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to a later scene and we see Brett bringing Murray and his friend Dave, who's uh, played by the comedian Arge Barker. Who's, to the he's hilarious as well. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend checking out his stand-up if you get a chance. I love how Dave here is holding a paintball gun, the one that was mentioned at the beginning <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> it, uh, Brett's bringing them down to this alley, kind of explaining what went on and showing them. I don't know why he had to show them the exact place where it happened, but he did. And uh, Brett explains, you know, they were confronted by a two-man gang. Yep. And, and Murray's like, no, that's not a gang. And... Dave says, yeah, it's technically the smallest gang possible. <laughs> I love that line. Brett recounts the details of the story and tells them that, you know, he left Jermaine behind because he was very scared. 
And I love Murray tells Brett, you know, you should have told us about this when it happened two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, they were very careful not to let you know how much later this was until this very last moment. Yeah. So I, I thought he would come home. <laughs> uh, and and Murray, I think, even tells him there's a there's a lot of New Zealanders that get hurt in New York. You know, they, they come into his office, he gives them the vest and the map, he tells them to stay clear of crowds by going through back alleys, and yet almost every day a New Zealander is mugged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then a little fun with the accent, because uh, Murray says, uh, oh, he may- yeah. maybe did. <laughs> he maybe did. He, he maybe did what? <laughs> what did he do? Yeah, well, Dave's just did. not getting the accent, and it's, oh. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Now, in our next scene, we see Jermaine with his arm in a sling, sitting next to John behind bars in a police station holding cell. We really aren't too clear ever in this episode what exactly transpired. And uh, John is just in disbelief because Mickey ran away when the cops came. And so we (laughs) see this, you know, now Jermaine kind of sympathizes with his situation because of Brett deserting him. So there's kind of this camaraderie that that, uh, is built between the two of them. It's pretty funny. (laughs) And yeah, they're just going back and forth telling all these stories and he's, you know, he's telling them, you know, like, oh, you know, all this like horrible things that he's done. And, you know, (laughs) Jermaine's just like, oh, yeah, I had something like that happen to me. And it's just not even close. (laughs) He's like, yeah, that's not exactly the same thing at all. (laughs) John tells him like, yeah, you could have been killed. Who knows what could have happened? You know, he's, he's the one that would have killed him. <laughs> and, and Jermaine asks him, you know, is that the sort of thing you do? And John admits, no, he's never really killed anybody. But he has killed a monkey before. Yes. But he does swear Jermaine to secrecy because he's very embarrassed by that fact. He's not proud at all that he, he killed a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so we now cut back from this scene to the alley. And now it's night. I don't know why these guys have decided to hang out there all day. And it's winter. It's snowing and everything. Yep. It's just like, it's very funny. I don't know if they're waiting for him to come back or what. It's uh, just a, a funny scene here where the three of them are kind of sitting around and reminiscing about Jermaine, sharing stories about him. Something about him getting his hand caught in a jar and how stupid he was, but then <laughs> they re- remember it's Brett. Yep. <laughs> so they go from like making fun of Jermaine to then realizing like, well, remember he actually helped you get, you know, get your hand out of the jar. And I guess he helped Brett get his head stuck out from under a chair as well. Something like that. (laughs) So they start to realize, you know what? Jermaine actually was a a helpful and loyal friend. And Dave pours out a little Snapple in his memory. (laughs) (laughs) And I forget which of the three, I think it's Dave mentions like, what's that thing he used to say all the time? What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did say that. (laughs) Always questioning. When? When are we getting a gig? (laughs) So now cutting back to the police station, John tells uh, Jermaine, I I believe, yeah, this is what you were talking about, where Mickey's let him down, and he tells a story, a horrible story about he shot Mickey's cousin in the kneecaps to teach him a lesson, only to get a text message 45 minutes later telling him to call it off. Right. So Jermaine counters, uh, telling him that, you know, Brett had done a very similar thing to that. He, he, him and Brett were supposed to go see March of the Penguins, and Jermaine had bought the tickets, and after he bought the tickets, Brett stood him up and, and texted him that he wasn't going to be able to make it. 
<laughs> yeah, like you were saying, that's where John's saying, like, that's not really the same thing, though, is it? <laughs> and, like, Jermaine kind of just concedes, yeah, yours worse. <laughs> so later at the police station, Brett, Murray, and Dave are, are told by an officer that the friend that they reported dead has been found. He's a, a 6'2 Caucasian that speaks in a monotone voice and says, what? A lot. <laughs> he sounds like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And the uh, what's what's the song that they did about the the humans are dead? Oh, is that robots? Is that what it's called? I Just think it's robots? called robots. Uh, Jermaine does a pretty good uh, robotic voice impression in that song. So now we cut further down the line. Now it's Monday, and at the apartment, Brett and Jermaine they're kind of sitting at the kitchen table, and we see things are, are a little tense and awkward between the two, and. And Brett asks Jermaine why he seems annoyed, and he goes down this whole list of things. Is it because your camera phone got stolen? Is it because I rented out half of the apartment while you were gone? <laughs> and the guy's already paid two weeks' rent or something like that, so, <laughs> yeah. so he's going to be there for a while. <laughs> he's just sitting there at the computer, like, you know, minding his own business. <laughs> and then Brett asks, oh, is it because I ran away while you were being attacked? And then Jermaine's like, yeah, yeah, it was the last one, yeah. <laughs> And Brett, Brett says he wouldn't have done it if he knew Jermaine was going to hassle him about it. <laughs> Jermaine tells him he should not leave his friend to die, calling it the height of rudeness. Yes. So funny. And so after their meals, the two men leave their apartment, and they're immediately met by Mel, their number one fan and stalker, played by Kristen Schaal. And how would you describe Mel for the uninitiated? Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ah, man, how would you describe her? Uh, completely insane. Yeah, she's very, very obvious that, you know, she's completely in love with the two of them. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> which in other episodes, you, you know, she's married. Or yeah, she, to a yeah. guy named Doug. Poor Doug. And, and Doug's great. I. <laughs> <laughs> the character of Doug is it's such a great character because he's very... just kind of laid back and just kind of like whatever you know <laughs> like yeah <laughs> he knows she's a disaster but he's just like whatever it's let her do her thing very very tolerant man yep yeah we don't see Doug in this episode but I believe he was like once her college professor and right? she was so obsessed with him and eventually he gave in yep and, uh, so we see that Mel has this history of being fixated on a, a gentleman that she's uh, you know, a gentleman that uh, she wants, and uh, yeah, here she is again, <laughs> doing the same thing. I love here. Did you notice what she was wearing when she confronted them? No, I didn't. She was wearing a shirt that she obviously made herself, and it's a picture of Jermaine behind bars. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's very intrigued by the fact that Jermaine is now a convict, as as she puts it. Yep. And, like, capable of doing anything. And she she makes some very lurid comparisons to Bonnie and Clyde we don't need to go into. But uh, she's also very disgusted by Brett and his actions. Yeah. Very out of character for, for Mel to be uh, upset with any of them. So they kind of, like, do all they can to get away. And Jermaine tells her he has to go to a meeting. <laughs> so we now cut to the second band meeting, which is actually being held in Murray's car. And I love, once again, takes attendance. Yep. And I love here, Jermaine's very dismissive now of, of Brett's rap moniker, Rhymnoceros. He's telling him it's not really a gangster name. And he says now that he's been behind bars, he knows what kind of names gangsters have. 
<laughs> Names like John. <laughs> <laughs> now, Murray senses the tension that still exists between Brett and Jermaine here because of the incident and, and tells them that, you know, nobody likes a moaner and nobody likes an abandoner either. And Murray goes on to tell them they should not abandon one another in life-threatening circumstances. And Jermaine tells him, you know, I can't trust Brett on stage now either. And then Murray says, well, what if we had a gig? And then Jermaine's like, well, in that case, you know, he would play with Brett. (laughs) (laughs) So Murray admits that they actually don't have a new gig. And when they ask why this meeting was called in the first place, it was because one of his CDs is missing. And he points to the the visor above the passenger seat. It's pretty (laughs) funny. Now we jump to Wednesday and Jermaine goes out to eat at a restaurant with John and, and some ladies. It's pretty funny that, uh, you know, he decides to go and hang out with this guy socially. Yep. After uh, this whole thing. And uh, Jermaine's telling the ladies his his tale of being scared and put behind bars. And, and they're commenting how terrible Brett is for abandoning him. And the camera cuts over to the other side of the table where Brett is kind of just meekly sitting listening to this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> And John, too. John gets in on it, reprimanding Brett for leaving his friend. Yep. You know, where two hoodlums were about to attack him, even though, you know, John himself was one of the hoodlums. Brett kind of mutters under his breath at this point. <laughs> yeah, so he, he just mutters, well, at least I didn't kill a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great moment now. John yep. and Jermaine kind of like look over at each other and share this very uncomfortable glance. Mm-hmm. So we now cut to a, a small montage where we see Brett's various attempts at begging for Jermaine's forgiveness. One of them is he writes, sorry for abandoning you when we got mugged on a bed sheet and just kind of like holds it up with uh, Eugene, their landlord, played by Eugene Merman. Who's another amazing character and hilarious stand-up. Yeah, two people from Bob's Burgers in this show. Yep. We don't see much of him in the in this episode, unfortunately. There's another scene where he brings a hot cup of tea to Jermaine while he's playing guitar. <laughs> but then Jermaine doesn't accept it and makes him hold on to it. He's like burning his hands. Like, ow, ow, ow. Trying to walk it around the apartment, put it down. And then the homemade pizza. How'd you like the pizza? Oh, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Creative. Yeah. Yep. And it's a homemade pizza. And do we see his likeness and eggplant on it? Yep. And the word sorry written in peppers. And Jermaine's just like telling him, oh, I'm not hungry. <laughs> so Brett's just like, all right, I got to make this right. He comes up with this new plan and we see him on a payphone contacting Mickey to see if there's some way he can get Jermaine's camera phone back. He's like, this is going to make it right. And uh, Brett tells Jermaine that, you know, he's off to get the camera phone back and, you know, call call my mom if I get killed. <laughs> it, uh, Jermaine's very uninterested. We see him playing Battleship with the uh, <laughs> the new roommate here. Jermaine even tells Brett, you know, just write it down on a piece of paper. Yep. (laughs) Wouldn't it be easier just to call her? (laughs) (laughs) uh, So right before Brett leaves, Jermaine tells Brett, you know, you really don't have to go out and retrieve the phone. uh, Also that he did not love it as much as Brett thought he loved it. uh, I love what he goes on to explain, like, you know, like he thinks he actually ruined his phone when he made that. And also his camera. (laughs) And even though Jermaine is really speaking honestly here, finally, uh, Brett takes this as just a tactic to dissuade him, and he leaves. He's determined to get that camera nonetheless. Yep. So as Brett leaves the apartment, we transition into the music video for the Flight of the Concord song, Think About It. And uh, every episode seems to have about two or three songs. They, they pace them out nicely throughout the series. 
It's about the current state of society, I guess. It deals with many social issues. And it's a song that they described as being in the vein of Marvin Gaye and the Black Eyed Peas song, Where Is the Love? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think of this song, Kevin? It, it's not one of my favorite ones, but it's definitely very, very funny. I yeah. mean, it's where all, almost every song, you know, that, that they've done is just absolutely hysterical. It's, you know, obviously some kind of have to fall down the list as far as your favorites go this one i do enjoy it very very much but it like i said it's not one of my favorites but again still very funny just going through (laughs) all these (laughs) all these different things (laughs) there's some great lines here like uh, he's talking about you know all the problems of the world today and uh there's one thing about kids killing each other with knives and forks and calling each other names like dork yep it's a very big problem in society. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a, a great part where he, he kind of forgets his line and just kind of mumbles. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with the world today? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about about diseases coming from monkeys. Like, yep. like, I should leave these diseased monkeys alone. They have problems enough as it is. <laughs> I like they keep going back to the idea of people are, are getting stabbed out there with knives and forks. Yep. And then uh, Jermaine comes in with, could somebody please remove these cutleries from my knees? Yeah, the the wordplay on all of their songs is just brilliant. Yes. Especially, you know, in the, in the first season. I was listening to an interview that they did on NPR, probably around 2007, uh, around the time that they were, I think a few episodes had aired at this point of the first season. And they were at, being asked about their writing process. And basically, Jermaine says that he'll write some by himself, Brett will write some by himself, and some they write together. So, all different ways. Yep. Um, Jermaine's, I think Jermaine said his songs more or less are, are the filthier songs. Not that they really get filthy, but uh, like I guess business time and stuff like that would be more of like Jermaine's yeah. writings. Brett's songs deal more with death and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> A little darker. So... Uh, kind of give you an idea of uh who kind of comes up with the concept for what yeah but uh yeah this is a very funny song guy i think in the song missing his head so he's the only one that uh went up to see mm-hmm. if he was dead and yeah turns out he was dead <laughs> <laughs> so as brett and jermaine are singing this song we're, we're watching this this music video and they're walking around and as the song ends they find themselves exactly in that alley where they were first confronted, and there they are met by Mickey. And I love Brett buys the camera phone back from Mickey. Yeah. He still has to, like, give him more money for it. Yeah, Mickey actually got the film developed on the camera for him. <laughs> but he had to take a few more <laughs> a few more photos because <laughs> didn't want to waste the film. Right, yeah. This was back in the day where uh, you'd have film in your camera. And sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you had to take pictures just to end the roll so the thing would automatically rewind. It's pretty funny. I love what the photos, you see what the photos actually were that Mickey took. Where was he? He was like on a roller coaster. coaster. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's, there's one of him like holding up a shopkeeper. Yep. It's like a a selfie of him. And then he kind of like takes that one back, puts it in his pocket. (laughs) Here's this dangerous guy that, you know, originally had stolen from them. They mugged them and chased them. But, you know, now they're just kind of standing around and, you know, there's some small talk going on and, Jermaine asks Mickey about John, and he says they don't really talk anymore, even though we look over and John is standing nearby, and he's, like, stealing an old lady's purse at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And Mickey said that John has still not forgiven him for abandoning him, and 
I guess the two had plans to go uptown and kidnap a rich kid and ransom him. <laughs> and now, now that's not going to happen because John just won't accept his apology. It, uh, J- John comes over. He's holding this stolen purse that he just just took, and he walks up to the group and awkwardly says hello to everybody. So now we get this like awkward moment, the four of them just kind of standing around in the snow. And uh, he does ask Mickey to hang out, and he does accept, and he gives him a hug. I think Brett and Jermaine asked Mickey if, you know, he wanted to hang out sometime, and I think Mickey was mentioning how he had, like, a, a white supremacy meeting or something. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, maybe we'll just go alone then. <laughs> <laughs> so now the, the two hoodlums make up, and, and while hugging, Mickey says to John that he had not felt this bad since Cheeky died, and he really misses that monkey. <laughs> which of course is the monkey that was mentioned earlier in in the episode that that he had killed yes (laughs) the great ending to the episode as john is kind of like the only his head is facing the two of them while they're in the middle of this hug and he just looks over it and he gives this cold stare (laughs) like don't you say a word (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that cuts to closing credits a great great episode yeah so what what were your thoughts about this now uh revisiting it for this episode i was you know definitely glad to to go back and and revisit it as far as kind of the overall story for the series this one kind of doesn't really i don't know it doesn't really fall along with it so it's a good like one-off so if you've never seen the series before and you're just kind of curious about it this would be a really good one just to you know check out it's such a great series. Season one definitely, I think, was better than season two, partially just because they had to write a whole bunch more songs, you know, in a, a kind of a short time period. The songs that were in, in season one, they had had for, you know, years, like they'd show up on like the the BBC show that we were talking about and in mm-hmm. their stand up, where a lot of the stuff in, in season two, it would be like one older song, one newer song, things like that. So I think the Song-wise, season one definitely has the better bunch of them. Yeah, those songs had definitely been refined over the years. Yep. I definitely suggest uh, checking out the show if you haven't seen it. If you can track it down, watch their HBO special. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Especially uh, the last song they do. I think it's the last song. Uh, Boom is (laughs) such a great song. Yeah, and that's one thing is like, you know, you see these guys with acoustic guitars and we've seen over the years so many comedians where it's kind of just like a hack thing. Uh, yep. Unless they've, re- you know, unless they're really good at it, a lot of comedians think they can kind of just go up and do one-liners while they're playing a guitar and it doesn't always work. You know, it's like, but these guys, they not only play acoustic guitar, I mean, they play everything. Uh, Brett's, oh, yeah. Brett's been in a band before. He has some experience, mm-hmm. definitely studied music as we mentioned. And they give you all kinds of variety. I think they even mentioned they used to play like polka style songs and yeah, they'll play all kinds of different instruments throughout the show and give you all kinds of musical genres. I actually got a chance to see them uh, live. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, they played in, in Boston. Um, I think it was after the uh, TV show was done when they were kind of doing their like farewell tour when they decided they were going to disband the uh, Concords. Oh, wow. Um so yeah, uh, Kristen Shaw opened for him. Um, yeah, it was a great, great show. Um, don't really care for her stand-up so much, but you know, like I, I love her character in this. You know, I love her on 
you know, like Bob's Burgers and and Gravity Falls. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I don't really care for her stand up so much. But uh, the Concords were just absolutely amazing live. No, that's really cool. I didn't know you got a chance to see. Where'd you see them? Uh ugh, where was it? It was at, I think it was at a college. Oh, that's cool. I don't remember. Yeah. I did find out that uh, <laughs> the Sklar brothers were actually at that show as well. Um, they were doing some like fundraiser nearby or or whatever, and uh, they popped in and were in the crowd. So, oh wow, yeah, Kristen Shaw's stand up or like stand up sets. I, I've I've caught her hour on Comedy Central. Yeah, it's very strange. Like I believe she won like the Andy Kaufman Award. I think it was for like newcomers. Uh huh. And you can see why she would uh, win that kind of award. Just like a, a very strange. Yeah. Absurdist, surrealist type of comedy. Very funny. She's a very, very funny person. But uh, yeah, it's not for everybody. It's kind of it's kind of next level uh, yeah. comedy. Yeah, I was real happy to revisit this show. Uh, you know, I thank you for suggesting it. Uh, it's something I kind of put away on the shelf for a while. You know, I don't like to revisit shows over and over again. I kind of get sick of them. Sometimes I have to take a break from Simpsons or Seinfeld because I, you know, I love those shows so much I don't want to get sick of them. Right. So this is kind of one of those shows and uh, I had not watched it probably for at least 5 or 6 years. Yeah, so, uh, same with me. Yeah, so it was like it it was almost fresh now, so yep. it was fun to get back into it. So so funny. I definitely recommend if you if you haven't heard them, if you haven't seen the show, sometimes, you know, it, these HBO shows it's hard to see them unless you're willing to drop down, you know, 20 something dollars. Yeah. Uh, but with that new HBO Now app, where it's pretty much like Netflix, and you don't really need a subscription to HBO, it might be worth it to try that free trial if they're offering it. And then you get the whole month to watch 22 episodes. Uh, definitely reasonable. Yeah. And uh, you could, you know, polish off the show in only like, you know, a week probably. Yeah. And I would say even, you know, go online and or uh, they might even have it at like your local Best Buy or whatever, but if you can find the the box set that has uh, season one and season two, it, it does have that bonus disc with the uh, the HBO special. So yeah, definitely worth tracking down for that as well. Yep. I, I bought the the seasons when they came out, so I unfortunately don't have the bonus disc. I just have the complete first season, complete second season. Yeah, <laughs> and I I did the same thing, and then I actually went out and rebought it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I I either sold you know the seasons or gave them to a friend who who hadn't seen the show before so yeah and don't let the background crickets fool you this is actually a funny show yes no i'm <laughs> i'm i'm in my parents basement at the moment it was we're we're down here for uh the long weekend another thing too is uh you know they these guys have kept pretty busy brett went on to win an academy award i believe for his song for the muppet movie yep and it was funny going back and listening to that uh, NPR interview from like 2007. Uh, the interviewer had asked them, you know, who are their favorite musicians? And whether he was joking or not, Brett said, uh, the Muppets and Leonard Cohen. <laughs> so he definitely had this uh, affection for the Muppets, as I'm sure all of us around oh, yeah. that, that generation do. I think he's a little older than us, but, uh, you know, Muppets have been huge to our childhoods yeah and i'm looking forward to the new show actually <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's just funny that he went on to write a song for the muppet movie got to perform it at the academy awards and the muppet movie 
was directed by James Bobbin, the man that directed this episode and wrote on Flight of the Concords, directed a number of episodes. So uh, yeah, definitely a connection to this show. Yep. And if, if you listen to podcasts, uh, there's been some news lately with the Earwolf Podcasting Network launching the Howl app, which is kind of like uh, a subscription service. I, you can download it for free and get, I think, the last six months of any show. But there's going to be exclusives that if you subscribe, you'll be able to get. And uh, one of these exclusives is called The Mysterious Secrets of Uncle Bertie's Botanarium. <laughs> Have you heard about the show? No, I haven't. Uh, here, I'll, I'll just read the description here. It says, Coming this fall, featuring Jermaine Clement and an outstanding creative team from New Zealand. In 1768, the Fortitude sailed from the famous port of Damprot, the Jewel of the Gravy Isles. The ship, commandeered by Lord Joseph Banks, nephew of the infamous botanist Bertie Banks, was on a mission to find a plant known to be the very source of pleasure in the world, Heaven's Clover. This is the tale of that fateful journey, a journey that was to have influence far beyond the Gravy Isles, as the crew of the Fortitude encounter treacherous butterflies, plant-worshipping religious zealots, boiling oceans, cannibalistic sausages, and even perhaps Uncle Bertie himself. And uh, this this is a, a show kind of like a, a narrative series i think it's uh i think it's going to be six parts it's a limited series that he's doing for earwolf and that's jermaine clement and it's actually been created by uh duncan sarkis who was the director of that so you're a man group that they formed way back in college Oh, okay yeah so kind of neat you know these uh these guys are still definitely uh working together and collaborating on creative projects so that's always nice to see now that howl app is i think 4.99 a month but they're offering a free trial as of right now there's no episodes of that series up so i mean i'm not even gonna bother yeah subscribing for for nothing so i'll probably wait on that what we do in the shadows that's the name of the that's the name of that movie oh okay with uh taika um trying to think have you seen uh gentleman broncos i have not yeah <laughs> <laughs> is it not that good? I didn't care for it that much. It had a few kind of funny parts, but yeah. I'm trying to think, what was the other one I saw? Oh, Eagle versus Shark. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I finished that one. I think I bailed halfway through that movie. <laughs> Do I have it's funny, Gentleman Broncos. I was just listening to an episode of The Best Show uh -huh. with Tom Sharpling, and uh, he was complaining about people that... Uh, complain that the library doesn't have movies and he keeps saying like the library is not netflix and he's yeah. just like making fun of people going why don't you have gentleman broncos when are you gonna get gentleman broncos just like pulled that out of nowhere <laughs> it just made me laugh well that'll pretty much do it for this episode of hitting play as always you can email us with your comments suggestions your rapping name whatever you got for us at hitting play show at gmail.com or you can talk to us on twitter at hitting play now kevin do you have anything you want to plug um, let's see, uh, pretty much all the stuff, uh, that I do, you can get to, uh, from going to onewallcinema.com. Um, I've got links on there to, uh, my children's, uh, YouTube series, kids unboxing stuff, uh, the IRIF stuff, uh, which is mystery science theater type commentary, uh, the, my brother's two Kyle's on craft beer, uh, series, and uh, I believe we got a link to the Hitting Play podcast as well. So, oh, very cool. If you're listening to this, you should check out that podcast. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, could you uh, just share a little bit about your Cambot video where people can find that? 
Oh yeah, that's on uh, uh, actually on the uh, kids unboxing stuff uh, uh, series. Uh, my children and I uh, over the summer, actually mostly my kids, I just kind of videotaped and kind of gave instructions. Uh, we built a working cambot from Mystery Science Theater. Basically, put it together and I slapped uh, like a little GoPro type camera in the uh, in the lens on it, so it actually works. So yeah, you, if you uh, go to onewallcinema.com and just click on the kids unboxing stuff picture, uh, it should take you over to YouTube. And if you go through the playlist on there, you'll see the uh, the Cambot video. Yeah, it's very cool. You guys did a great job on that. Thanks. And again, if anyone has uh, what was it a Century Infant Love Seat car seat they want to uh, unload, uh, we will gladly take it off your hands. It's not safe to put your children in, so <laughs> so so please send one send one uh, my way, and uh, we'll make a, a, a gypsy from Mystery Science Theater and put a video of that up. Yeah, and what what era is that from? Oh boy, I have no idea. <laughs> Like the 80s, maybe? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, so everybody, look in your parents' and grandparents' basements. There's got to be something. Yeah, I, I just saw a car seat on the side of the road this morning, and uh, I was looking. <laughs> yep. I was like, no, that's too nope, new. too new, yeah. It basically just looks like a giant bucket, more or less. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, yep. yeah, if you look at the, the gypsy character and, and what that car seat, you can imagine what that car seat looked like. Not safe at all. No. <laughs> so, yeah, give it over to a good home. Yep. And I'm on Twitter at One Wall Cinema, O N E W A L L C I N E M A. Very good. Uh, I am on Twitter. My name there is uh, at MC and Friends. You can find me there. And uh, I'm also on Vine. There, my name is MC and Friends as well. And there, I do little flip page animations, little humor stuff. You can check my work out there. And also, please subscribe to us on iTunes and, and leave us a five star review uh, if you can. It, it helps us out. And if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show. We, we try to be creative with those. And you can also tap to rate us five stars right there on your mobile device, right there on our iTunes page. And we are also now on the Stitcher app. So if you rather uh, stream or on an Android device, you can stream and download that way. Or if you want to recommend the show to somebody that does not use any of the Apple products, I understand many people do not, uh, that may be the way to go. So check us out on Stitcher as well. All right, well, we have been Kevin and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. Well, thanks for having me. You want to finish with that? Yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) I don't know.